Hi, my name is Ali Spagnola, and I make music on YouTube. Welcome to I Made This from Do Anything Media, a show about passionate people executing their big ideas in realistic ways you can learn from to make your own big idea a reality. I'm Bill Meeks, and today I'm talking with Ali Spagnola. When I first became aware of Ali, it was because of her Power Hour drinking game, a playlist of 60 one-minute songs designed to get everybody at a party drunk fast. Soon after, she moved from Pittsburgh to Los Angeles to pursue a career as an entertainer. Her hit YouTube channel, with over 300,000 subscribers, features Ali performing music, sketches, doing crazy social media challenges, and generally having a blast, or at least it looks that way. Today, Ali's going to share the path she took to YouTube fame and how she builds her brand online. We'll also talk about a YouTube trend that has skyrocketed Ali's channel to success. Style mashups of popular songs. Plus, Ali gives me some advice to corner the middle-aged dad market on TikTok. Also, stay tuned about halfway through the episode for a cool creative project we're working on at Do Anything Media that you can take part in and I'd love for you to be involved in, and it's not as hard as you think it's going to be. Stay tuned. That'll all make sense in a minute. Okay, I made this for you. Take a listen. Allie, it's great to speak with you. It's been a second. I know, it's been a while. It's good to talk to you, too. Thanks for hitting me up. How are things doing out there in L.A.? I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I used to live out there, like, way, way back in the day, and I miss it, like, all the time. Oh, yeah, really? It's lovely. I mean, I can imagine that. Well, what's your weather like? I, well, I, I'm in Orlando, so it's pretty It's okay. pretty nice here, too. It's like 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> My my biggest memory of living out there was how expensive it was. I remember I was paying $1,000 for an inflatable mattress in someone's living room. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, yikes. Although, you know, I guess uh, Orlando is, you know, just a couple spaces below Los Angeles now in terms of, you know, high rents and stuff like that. So I, 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 I'm not out of the woods yet. Yeah, I mean, and I hear that it has something to do with, like, how much you're making and if like the quality of uh, your income matches, you know, where you live. And mm -hmm. I've heard this, you know, certain places make, uh, what's the term where there's like generally how much people make doesn't match up to the cost of living. Like the poverty line you're talking? Well, maybe it's the poverty line, but basically like the, the, how much it costs to live somewhere is also depends on like how much generally the population makes. And sometimes like a really expensive place is still okay because people are making a lot or it can be less expensive to live there, but also like the, how much people are making is lower. Yeah. And I, I, I've heard it has a lot to do with, you know, foreign investors and stuff too, but this is a creative podcast, so we should get yeah, off. Whatever. Do you edit? Get rid of that. I uh, no, no, we'll keep it. We'll keep it. But it, actually I was going to ask you, how much does it cost to get a fur lined room like you're sitting in right now while I'm talking to you? <laughs> Actually, zero dollars because it was sponsored. So the fur people hooked me up. What the fuck? Hey, best pally. I'm Allie, and I have this weird hallway, small, like tiny room thing. Okay, it's time. Let's check out my finished garage. You know, instead of garage. <laughs> Fine, my conference room. Huh? Step into my office. You're in with big fur, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the way you got in with Big Fur is obviously what we're here to talk about 
today, which is your YouTube channel. Now, your journey started a while back. You used to live in Pittsburgh, right? And you were doing music for Android phones, I think, or ringtones? Yeah, I was um, making ringtones, and I was also working at a video game company. I was a lead artist there, so kind of juggling a couple of things. What do you most miss about Pittsburgh? Because I lived there for a time, too, and it, it, it's a it's a great town. It's kind of stuck in the past in some ways, but I, in, a, in kind of an endearing way. What do you miss about it? My parents, of course. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, that's the reason I go back. <laughs> now, yeah, I remember a couple years ago when I was working at Hearst Television, I was reviewing some stuff that WTAE in Pittsburgh was doing for their social. And lo and behold, my old friend Ali Spagnola popped up on the, I think it was called For the 412 or something like that. So, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm guessing you were back home for the holidays or something like that. And they pulled you in. Hey. Look at us, we are live in the South Side. Hi. This is Allie Spagnola. That's totally me. The Spags. Spags. And I'm Missy Spagnola. No, I'm kidding. We're not related, unfortunately. But we are at Club Cafe in Southside. Allie brought her awesome Power Hour drinking show that millions of people love, right, Allie? Millions. So, you know, you're in Pittsburgh. Uh, you are, you know, working at a video game company. You're making these mobile ringtones. And I think. The first sort of big break you got was your, your Power Hour game, right? Yeah, I uh, made an album that was doubled as a drinking game. So you could play along while you listened, and all my <laughs> concerts were like interactive parties. Yeah, and uh, from what I remember uh, listening to the album and uh, playing along with the game, the first half of the album is great. The second half of the album probably is too. But by the time <laughs> you get through the first half, you know, you're, you're not really um, remembering too much. I love it. Yeah, that is the magic of making a Power Hour playlist. Like, you can, you get it, you can phone it in after 30. <laughs> <laughs> Was that something that you kickstarted, or was it uh, just sort of a product you developed and sold on your own? Yeah, it started out as just a, a live show that I was doing, mm -hmm. and um, not there was never any Kickstarter. I just uh, wanted my concerts to be more like a party, and so I started performing like that, and then recorded the album and put it out there. This it was actually. You know, Kickstarter wasn't that popular back then. I just sort of went for it. Yeah, I guess that was a little bit before Kickstarter's heyday, back before Zach Braff got on it and everyone started jumping on board. Yeah, where you had to explain what crowdfunding was. What's crowdfunding? I don't get it. Okay, so you released the Power Hour, and eventually uh, you decide to sort of make the break and move out to L.A. What sort of motivated that decision for you? I was visiting L.A. like once a month, playing shows or going to things like VidCon, you know, YouTuber conventions. Mm -hmm. And so it was pretty clear that I needed to be out here and I already had a bunch of friends. So it was probably easier than it should have been. You know, it wasn't <laughs> like, oh, I'm tearing myself away from my safety it was it was more just like, yep, duh, of course I'm doing this. Because <laughs> most people have like a very dramatic moving to L.A. story. I have two of them and both of them are pretty dramatic. One one involves uh, the only time I've ever been in Chicago and I got mugged. I was there for 45 minutes. Oh, my God. Had you started the YouTube channel before you moved out there? Yeah, I was doing consistent YouTube videos once a week because that was like the bar to be a YouTuber was like, mm -hmm. you got to get one out once a week. And so I committed to that. I've been doing that for 
for a while before I moved out. Wait, what, what was your content like to start with? Was it pretty similar to what you're doing now with the, you know, comedy sketches and music mash- mashups and stuff like that? Or was it more varied? Um, it was pretty much music and like short music. You know, I was doing the power hour thing. So all of my songs always seem to end up like not full length. <laughs> Although, you know, recently I've been working on getting out of that, but maybe not. Right. It's got to fit on Instagram. You might as well keep it short. Yeah. Well, I, I, I came up with a punk rock aesthetic where every song's about a minute 18. So, yeah, I, I can completely vibe on that. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Well, now I got to go back to six seconds. Right. Because there's a new vine out called Bite. And it's a six-second platform, just like from before. Yeah, you know, TikTok is kind of reminding me a bit of Vine, too. Uh, you, do, you, do you do TikTok? I do, aggressively. Because you know I'm on that going for you because i keep everyone keeps saying you need to get on tiktok now because it's like when you got on twitter you know eight or nine years ago before everybody else did and it's sort of this wild west sort of open playing field so so how are you finding it yeah absolutely that it's awesome but or is it you know it's like a cesspool but what but great (laughs) (laughs) well most cesspools are great in their own way uh, so, so what kind of stuff do you do on there? Just different, like, uh, well, I know it's kind of a music-based platform where you do, like, dancing or lip-syncing or stuff like that, or, or, or are there opportunities for you to do, like, your original tunes on there, too? Yeah, I do very specifically music, and I'm always in, like, the same spot, and it always loops perfectly. I'm, like... <laughs> It's funny because all my other platforms, I'm kind of all over the place. And on TikTok, you know exactly what you're going to get when you come to my page because it's always the same. Let me ask you, and this is a very self-serving question. TikTok seems to be, you know, sort of like a young, hip, you can dance, you can sing sort of platform. Do you have any suggestions for an old middle-aged dad like me uh, to kind of get hooked into TikTok? <laughs> well, you're, you've got it exactly wrong. At least I think TikTok is people that suck at everything. And uh, it's all about like just putting stuff out there and being the rock star. I think the reason that I do well on TikTok is because I'm not that great of a singer. And these kids are like, oh, she's like got half a million on here. And she's not even that like I could do that. <laughs> So they feel like they're a part of it. They can relate. They can do what I'm doing and they like it. And there's so there's so much like bad dancing and bad music and bad lip syncing. <laughs> so I, I think that like it is more about being a part of a community that's very accepting and not like a, a high bar to to attain. And so if you just give zero fucks and put whatever out there that makes you happy, I think you'd do really well. Well, I suck at all sorts of things. And, you know, I, <laughs> I also have zero fucks to give. So, I mean, I, I, I think... Bill Meeks, TikTok 2020, it's going to happen. Good. Awesome. I love it. Enough about helping me with my burgeoning TikTok career. Let's get back to your YouTube career. <laughs> what, what do you think was the first moment you, you felt like you were finding success with the YouTube channel? Oh, it happened like uh, a few months ago. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I've been on YouTube, like full-time YouTuber for five or six years and it was a few months ago where I was like oh cool this platform is rewarding me <laughs> and it was when um this the video that I've, I've been doing a bunch in this series now since this one took off mm-hmm. um the series is called what if and it's a music kind of a mashup thing where I'll take one song 
and reimagine it if it was done by another artist. So the first one that took off was What If Bad Guy by, Meg- by Billie Eilish was by Megan Trainor. White shirt, now red, my bloody nose sleeping. You're on your tippy toes, creeping around like no one knows. Think you're so criminal. Bruises on both my knees, for you don't say thank you or please. I do what I want when I'm wanting to. My soul, so cynical. So you're a tough guy, really like a rough guy. Just can't get enough guy, just always so puffed guy. I'm a bad type, make your mama sad type, make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type. I'm a bad guy. Duh! That, that was like my first viral moment, if you would call it that, on YouTube. Before that, it was it was a struggle. Is that a trend you spotted that you tried to emulate, or is that something that you just thought, oh, this would be cool if I did these sort of like style mashups? Oh my god, uh, I think that's <laughs> so. <laughs> I I did this video and sent it to my editor and was like, I don't have anything for next week. I'm done with YouTube. This is our last video. Oh wow! Like I made that one thinking I've tried to like really up my game. I spent a full year like l- like putting my all, absolute every amount of effort to making the like the best art I could on YouTube and in no way phoning it in mm-hmm. every week. And things were just sort of still not doing well. And so I was like, screw it. I want to do this thing and no one will like it and my thumbnail sucks <laughs> and I give up. And that was my last video and I put it out and it bombed just like all the other pieces of art that I loved and put so much effort into. Uh-huh. And then, like, four days later, the the graph on the video is just like, boom, shot up. And it took off. And then I got uh, five times the subscribers. Oh, I went wow. at, like, 50,000 for six years to now I'm at 300,000. And it was, it was that video. Did you ever identify what made the graph sort of tick up for you like that? I think now looking back, using the song Bad Guy is basically like the key to YouTube. It's like a secret <laughs> code. My one friend, trombone, classical trombone always says this. He's like, yeah, it's just the cheat code of YouTube. And <laughs> anybody that makes a bad guy video just gets like thrown on the homepage and gets a billion clicks. And I didn't know that. I mean, had I, you know, intentionally done that, it would have been like, cool. Yeah. I reverse engineered the, uh, the, an- the, you know, analytics or whatever, the, the AI that is serving me, which is usually what I'm trying to do. But this time I was like, F it. I don't care. And it did well. And I can't even say that it, that it's because my video is good. I'm not going to take credit for that because I know all the ones that bombed were good, too. And now that this one takes off, I can still be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm lucky. <laughs> that obviously inspired you to keep making videos in this style. What style parodies have, haven't you done yet that you've kind of been itching to do or any artists that you've been itching to do a style parody of? Oh, like a ton of them. It's hard because I'm also kind of still trying to work the algorithm while being satisfying to myself creatively. Yeah. And so I'm like, ooh, Cindy Lauper is dope, and I would love to do someone in her style. But also, the type of people that are watching my video have no idea who Cindy Lauper is, and like that video will probably bomb. If you promote the video to AARP or something like that, then yeah, definitely they, yeah. you'll have all the Cindy Lauper fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take that fan group. I'll take your. <laughs> Your senior dollars, that's fine. 
Okay, okay, go call your grandma and have her send Allie all of her silver dollars so she'll play Cindy Lauper. Then listen to this quick message about a new creative project we have going on over at Do Anything Media. We'll be right back. Do Anything Jams are big community projects that allow you to collaborate with other creators online. We're launching our first jam this week, and we want you to get involved. For the past 100 days, I've documented every cool thing that happened to me, then strung all those memories together into my documentary short in 100 days. Many short clips over a long period of time. I call it micro-vlogging. Now, I want to help you create your own micro-vlog. Don't worry, I'm not asking you to commit to recording your best moments for 100 days like I did. All I need is seven days, but one week to be exact. So what's the ask? Whenever something cool happens, I want you to pull out your phone for at least five seconds and shoot a short video describing what you're doing. That's all that's required. Maybe seven minutes of work over the course of the week. Everyone who participates will get their own mini documentary edited by me. But if you want to do more than five seconds a day, great. If I don't use it in your one minute mini documentary, I'll be able to use it in the full documentary series one week in March. So, do you want to take part in our first big Do Anything Jam? It's pretty easy. Just go ahead and sign up over at join.doanything.media and I'll be in touch with details the last week in February. Do Anything Media. We can do anything together. Okay, and now we're back with Allie. But also, the type of people that are watching my video have no idea who Cindy Lauper is, and like that video will probably bomb. If you promote the video to AARP or something like that, then yeah, definitely they, yeah. you'll have all the Cindy Lauper fans. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll take that fan group. I'll take your your senior dollars. That's fine. <laughs> I, are, are you are you still finding as much success, or are you, or is there has the algorithm recorrected, and are you having any troubles? You know, yeah, none of them have hit the you know four million that that one has but some mm. of them have done well some of them don't do as well you know it's up and down yeah so yeah it's always it's always a, a battle even whenever you do get success what, what's your favorite one you've done so far mm, turning my mom into a pop star which was before <laughs> my channel took off i like forced her into like talking and like singing barely into a microphone and i auto-tuned it and turned it into this like kesha jam that i think is like <laughs> a serious pop and I, I like people liked it too my mom was like horrified and hated every second of it <laughs> i appreciate your yeah, help you, yes you know i would not do this for anyone else Let's dive into what you were saying before, you know, this breakout hit you had, those more artistic videos that you were super proud of, you were super into, but weren't quite performing for you. What were some of the the types of videos you would do? Uh, Just like we talked about and what I'm sitting in right now, my fur room. (laughs) So I had this hallway in my apartment and... I covered all of the walls, ceiling, and floor in fur, and it feels so cool, and it sounds like 
awesome being in here. It just, I basically made like a hug inside my home. And I really loved the video. I think it unfolded really well. You know, it had great timing. I thought, I felt like it represented my personality. And it's like such a weird thing. It's not something you've seen on YouTube. It's not reverse engineering the algorithm because everyone has done a fur room video. <laughs> so now I'm going to do mine. Well, that's like, that's like chapter one of YouTube for dummies is get a fur room yeah. and do a video in the fur room. <laughs> Uh, and I did a lot of videos along those lines where I'm like, this is just something so absurd that no one's ever done, but like, I want this in my life. And this one, the fur room video completely bombed and was out for months. And I was like, ah, well, whatever, let, let me do another freaking epic thing that gets ignored. <laughs> and then when that Megan Trainer viral video took off, then this fur room video took hit 100 no, sorry, 1.5 million. Oh, wow. So that's another another thing supporting the idea that like getting views doesn't necessarily support if the video is good or not or vice versa, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you mentioned the ambition of your videos and I've, I've noticed that because, you know, I'm, I'm a subscriber. <laughs> uh, the one that kind of pops to mind is there was one where you were doing like, I think, were you riding a unicycle and drumming on the unicycle and doing a song while you were riding it or something like that? <laughs> I've done one where I rode a unicycle and used that to paint. So I would like uh, put paint on the wheel and uh -huh. unicycle over a canvas. And then I think the one that you're talking about, I was drumming on a bike and playing a saxophone while biking. And it was like uh, an original song music video mm -hmm. shot in like an official music video manner, not just being like a goofy YouTube video. Yeah, that's why I was thinking unicycle, because for, you know, the, I think all of the video, you're not holding on to the hand, handlebars at all, which gave me extreme anxiety for you. <laughs> Good, perfect. That's what I want to do with my art. <laughs> you know, there's different ways you can challenge people, either with humor or with abject terror, you know. <laughs> Did you wipe out at all uh, shooting that or practicing for it? Plenty of times, especially the saxophone. It get it made me so unbalanced and it's just like hanging from my neck and it's very heavy. So yeah, there are a lot of times where I'm like almost wiping out, but so was my videographer because he was on the back of a Surrey, like a, a pedal bicycle. Uh -huh. So I had a friend pedaling and then him hanging off of the Surrey and then me biking. And so we missed so many of my almost eating it because he was busy eating it himself holding the camera <laughs> this is might be a tangent but i i noticed uh I, I did this interview down in an airplane hangar uh here in orlando and the production team they were using uh the hoverboard things as dollies so basically the cameraman was just standing on the hoverboard and like sweeping around us during the interview i thought that was a really cool technique that is awesome I, it's got to be way cheaper than setting up like a circular camera dolly thing oh absolutely those things can run like you know tens of thousands of dollars if you get a really nice one yeah well, you're giving me some ideas for the future. Well, it, it's the least I can do because hopefully you're going to be giving our listeners a lot of ideas. So. <laughs> make a fur room, everyone. Do it. It's a new challenge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tips to YouTube success. One, make a fur room. Two, ride a bicycle. Three, do style parodies. Okay, we have it solved. Everyone can be a YouTuber yeah. now. <laughs> Perfect.
perfect. <laughs> okay, so let's circle back around when you made that transition uh, from Pittsburgh to Los Angeles. Now, you know, I follow you on social media, and I noticed you really hit the ground running when you went out to Los Angeles, and it seemed like you were you were trying to get out there and do a lot more training, and it seemed like you were taking classes and doing all these activities. Like, how important do you think it is as an artist to keep learning new skills and and what skills do you think were most important to you finding the success you found out there? I would say no one learn any new skills just pick a thing <laughs> and do that oh really maybe I would be a good singer if I was like hey I'm only gonna sing <laughs> but instead I'm singing and unicycling and kickboxing and playing the piano and whatever mm-hmm. I mean I don't know and I still I I can't decide and I will never know that like oh if I had just like in middle school, only done the drums instead of adding drums on to the piano that I was already playing and, you know, the dance classes I'd been taking since I was two, yeah. I would be an insanely good drummer and that would have been better, question mark? <laughs> I don't know. So I don't think I can answer. But, I mean, I've been passionate about just, like, sucking at stuff and starting from scratch and doing something new, and so I keep doing it. <laughs> So, so it's it's really more the challenge of of learning something new that drives you versus like okay I I need to learn how to tap dance for this so I'm gonna get really good at tap dancing as quickly as I can. <laughs> well, sometimes it is that because like I needed a website and so I learned web design and coding. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I needed to graphic design my own CD cover, so I figured out Photoshop. It was that kind of thing. Do you think it has anything to do with uh you know, maintaining a bit more control over your the stuff you output or, you know, saving money by not having yeah, to bring other people it. in. <laughs> it's like, nah, it's money. But I mean, I still have trouble like not having my hands in the clay. I mentioned earlier that I have an editor for my videos now, but I still, you know, give him very heavy notes. I feel bad about it. Uh-huh. Like I'm so nitpicky. It's a, it's and what he brings to the table is actually way better than what I would have done myself. So I need to open up more and appreciate that. But it, it's tough being a manager versus being the artist that's like really there at the ground level sculpting. So, uh, you know, you have the whole YouTube thing going. And, but, and you mentioned before with the Power Hour, Hour album that, you know, you were playing out shows and everything. Do you still get to do much of that in L.A. or is it really more focused on the Internet content now? Yeah, I have it in a while. I just played actually... Over the holidays, I went home, and I always do, like, a homecoming power hour show. And I'm not opposed to it, but it's just like, yeah, I've been focused on uh, interneting mostly. Hey, Miss Pally. I'm Allie. And I'm here to give you my first fitness tip rant. Okay, here's why fake sweeteners were invented. I've noticed, you know, you're a big fitness nut. And yet you you often bring your your love of uh, physical fitness uh, into your videos. Uh, You know, you'll do, like, crazy challenges with treadmills and things like that. Uh, do you think that physical fitness and general health helps creativity? And uh, what do you like about it uh, that it makes you want to bring it into your content? Uh, I think it helps me creatively. I don't know for anyone else. And I've never really thought about it like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym so I can make a good song. Uh-huh. The reason that I brought it into my content was because I do that with everything. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I generally say I don't have any hobbies. Because the definition of a hobby is something you do and you don't get paid for. And everything that I do, I'm like, ooh, 
let me put this on the internet. And so now I get paid to juggle, I guess. And it doesn't have anything to do with you getting a tax write-off on your gym membership or anything like that? Dang it, why am I not doing that? Oh, I'm learning so much on this podcast. If I can do anything, like, honestly, I'm, I'm a tax expert. So if you have any other tax questions, ask me and, you know, you probably won't get audited. Probably. That's fantastic, probably. <laughs> If, you know, one of our listeners out there is a younger musician who hasn't really sort of approached YouTube yet, now that you have all these years of experience behind you, all the success, what advice would you give to someone starting out right now? I would say figure out why it's worth me following you. Like, mm -hmm. oh, there are so many people out there now just like screaming into this very loud room. And my thing was that I had this unique drinking game concert, right? I wasn't just some chump strumming a guitar on stage. It was like, oh, this is different. This is an interactive party. This stands out. Mm -hmm. So what is it that makes you stand out from like absolutely all the people there that are trying to get attention? 90% of human beings on earth that are on YouTube <laughs> but, right now. Well, except for my mom, obviously. She doesn't <laughs> want to be in my videos. But you still got her on YouTube anyway, which is really nice. <laughs> yeah. Just out of curiosity, out there in L.A., have, have you uh, delved into the improv scene out there? Because I've been doing a lot of improv -y stuff here in Orlando, and I, I always hear fun stories about the really sort of not quite as active as New York or Chicago, but a fairly active scene out there. Yeah, I uh, did improv for quite a while. I'm still technically on a team, although we haven't booked anything in a while. <laughs> I was on two house teams at Second City. Nice. And um, we do the current team we do hi improv hip-hop so we freestyle and beatbox which makes it way less insufferable i'm actually not a fan of like <laughs> i mean improv as a concept is great but like yeah. in practice a lot of times it is difficult and so it's really nice to just be able to be like oh this scene is terrible and then start rapping and save it <laughs> yeah yeah you know you said you hate you hate doing improv a little bit so i'm not gonna ask you to improv a rap for me right now but why not you're gonna beatbox for me um i can try i can try <laughs> okay All uh, right, and this is it. probably gonna be bad over skype too do you need a suggestion or are you just ready to go oh i can just go i guess okay uh <laughs> let me try and beatbox here Slow it down a little, man. This is okay. rough. Okay, go, go, go. <laughs> oh, yeah, I already started out weak, but I'm here with my buddy, Bill Meeks. Oh, yeah, holy shit, I'm on the podcast called I Made This. Oh, yeah, I don't feel like a new because I'm giving you advice on YouTube. We're here and we're ready to rock. And you know what? This is what you should do on TikTok. Sick. Nice. <laughs> I uh, appreciate the beatboxing, man. You killed it. Oh, thank you. Uh, yes, I killed the art form of beatboxing. Just <laughs> <laughs> no one can beatbox ever again. <laughs> so, what's up next for you, Allie? What What are your next big goals? I know you've you've done a million things. You've done YouTube stuff. You've tried to get on reality show competitions. You've ridden a, a bicycle while drumming on it. So, 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 what's your next big goal or challenge? Uh, my next challenge is spending 24 hours in my fur room, which I am currently in the middle of. Oh, and wow. <laughs> that's like the next video coming out, like the day before Valentine's Day. So I like spent a solitary full day alone to celebrate. Oh, wow. <laughs> Valentine's. Well, I'm glad we could join you for it. 
that is just like a, a metaphor for my answer. My real answer to this question is that like I am just taking it like one video, one opportunity at a time. You know, I used to have like big visions of where this would go, why I'm moving to LA, what big projects or achievements. And it, it has more shifted to just being like, okay, you know, what, what is coming in at me? What video took off or what opportunities did I get a call about and, and just doing my best to navigate whatever the joy that comes in towards me. So, so when you got out to LA, you were like, staring out of the horizon as you walk down the road and now you're just making sure your feet don't slip down into any potholes <laughs> i feel like, yeah i mean i i wanted to see more positive where it's like i just have abundance coming in and yeah, so yeah. i get to like pick which road i want to choose as it comes along and it's not like <laughs> a so, negative so, thing sorry I, I i didn't mean to go negative there i apologize that's fine but also potholes happen too <laughs> they do they do i and you do have to keep an eye out for them all right. So, uh, Ali, I, I want to thank you again so much for joining me today. It's been great catching up. Like I said, it's been forever and a day uh, since we've got to talk. So uh, how long have you been in the room now? I actually surpassed the 24 hours while being on the phone with you. So. Oh, wow. Wow. We did it. I know. Or you I did it. get out. And I stayed <laughs> in longer for you. For you. Well, then I better let you go then because you're probably you're probably a little stir crazy in there. But uh, th- a little bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks again so much for joining us, Allie. And uh, go get some sunlight. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the show. If you have your own big idea you've made a reality, we want to hear about it. Let us know by emailing imadethis at doanything.media. We'd love to share your project or maybe even talk to you about it. You can follow the show at imadethisshow, all one word, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Again, that's at imadethisshow. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or on our website, imadethis.doanything.media. Again, that's imadethis.doanything.media. And if you do subscribe, make sure you leave a review so we can shout you out on the show. I'm Bill Meeks. Thanks for listening.